Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name's Chad McCool, and I'm joined, as always, in studio with my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. Andy, what's going on down there in the Bluegrass State? What's up, little buddy? How are you? I'm doing okay. Life is good. It's going to snow today. Well, that's the good life. This, so that I'm is... assuming... The good life. I had I put in a grocery order to pick up, and I'm hoping I got the last loaf of bread and milk because apparently everybody in Colorado, when it snows, well, of course it is. There are a bunch of stoners. Uh, everybody's set to make uh, French toast when it snows because the bread, I, the milk, I, and the eggs are gone. I could never figure out like why no one wanted French toast until it until it snowed. It was like that growing up here in Kentucky. Like they'd be like, "Oh, it's gonna snow! Oh, it's coming!" And we had some big snows when I was a kid. But you know, normally it's just a dusting. But here, like that shut down everything. The yeah. the running joke was, the superintendent um, would go, and if his parking spot was slick, he'd call off school, and then he'd just go down to Bob's, which was our grocery store. We had Bob's IGA and Halchins. Uh, he'd go to Bob's and buy out all the milk and bread, so nobody else could get it. It's just I couldn't I just I couldn't figure it out to save my life. You I mean, have... I like I like French toast, so I'm here for it. <laughs> but I never get French toast on a snow day. I was gonna say your town had some weak conspiracy theories, brother. <laughs> no, 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 it didn't. And and friend of the show Brandon can back me up on it. Like, that is a weak conspiracy theory. No, yeah, of course. Like that one is pretty weak, but like Ohio County, man, we got some junk. We just don't talk about it all the time. That's why I don't live there right now. Dixie Mafia is going to come get you. <laughs> don't talk about Mason like that. Dixie Mafia <laughs> lives with me, man. <laughs> so, hey, um, kind of a special episode today. Gonna, you know, get an extra, yeah. extra episode for the week. And well, so it's the season of love. Season so of love. And so we're going to talk about that. To talk about. Than, than our first loves. I get it. But um, before we do that. I want to I want to hit something actually serious. When was the last time you got punched in the gut? Um, like literally or by God? You can take the question for what it is. Uh, literally, probably twenty years ago. Um, convicted by God yesterday. Like God kicked me in the gut yesterday. So, so he, here's the thing. Um, I don't remember the last time I was probably high school because that was the last physical fight I got into, I think. Um, sounds about right. But like last night, when I tell you I took one to the ribs from God, and I'm pretty sure it hurt worse. Um, so let me let me set the scene. There's a couple shelters here in, in Owensboro. Um and different churches will almost feed it. Though, right? Like let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so different churches sign up and, and they feed. And so the church that I attend, Macedonia Baptist Church, um, once a month, one of our Sunday school classes will go and, and serve. Okay, so our church has a presence there. This month was my Sunday school's class. Well, the couples class that I would attend when I'm not in with the youth. And uh, so, you know, all, everybody starts bringing all this food to the church. And um, then there were four of us. It was me, the worship pastor, the senior pastor, and a deacon, right? 
Um, and so the the four of us load all this food into to my wife's minivan. Um, and then we hop in, we drive, we get uh, fried chicken from Meyer, which it's not Baszler's fried chicken for those of you who live in Terre Haute, because nothing will ever come close to Baszler's fried chicken. But Meyer fried chicken's pretty good, right? So we so we load that up, and we we go to the shelter. Uh, as, as we're walking in, some of the gentlemen that live at the shelter they're coming out to kind of help us carry stuff in, uh, and we're like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna actually serve the dinner tonight, and so. You know, we put we put Scott over on on desserts. I'm I'm dishing out chicken. Um, then Connor and Jackson are doing rolls, macaroni, and green beans. Okay, um, and so this all these men are coming through, and we're just we're throwing food at them like we're the lunch lady. Okay, all I could see in my head was Chris Farley's Lunch Lady Land. Yeah. Um, as I'm like dishing out these trays of food, and this guy goes, "Y'all are pretty big guys," because. Me, Jackson, and Connor, we're not small. Um, and we're like, oh, well, thanks. And he goes, are y'all from a gym? I said, brother, if you see me in a gym, something has gone drastically wrong. And he goes, well, wh- where are y'all from? And we're like, oh, Macedonia Baptist Church. He's like, oh, you're from a church? Yeah. Yeah. What church? Macedonia Baptist Church. Oh, okay, so you're you're from a church. Like four different times, and in my head, I was like, "Am I? Am I? Am I not talking loud enough? Or are we not enunciating? You know, all these things." Because I have a fat tongue, I get that. So we get done feeding, lots of leftovers. We're like, "Hey, enjoy." You mean We're serving? Out. That sounded weird. Like y'all are vampires, and you fed on the residents. You're like, "When we're done feeding." Sorry, when we were done, we were done serving the food. You know what I meant. Shut up. I do. Um, <laughs> you know, the four of us are kind of like patting ourselves on the back, going, "We've done, we've done well." You know, we met a need. We have, you know, look at us. And as we, you know, we're about we open the van doors, and then all of a sudden, this gentleman comes out, and he's like, "Hey, can I talk to you for a second? And we all think, or I'm assuming, at least I thought, and I know at least one of the other three thought that, oh, he's coming out to thank us because we've met a need. And he goes, hey, so you guys are from a church, right? It's that guy. And we were like, yes, Macedonia Baptist Church. That's that's where we are. And he goes, I've been here, you know, not very long. I don't want to give his, you know, any demographics or whatever, but he hadn't been there long. And he's like, and you'll have to pardon my language. And I'm, I'm not going to put it the exact way he did, but I'm not going to change a lot. He goes, I, I just learned about Jesus a couple weeks ago. You're like, oh, so do you have a relationship with Jesus? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, and it's growing more and more every day. That excites me. You know, three pastors and a deacon standing there. We hear that. We get real excited. And he goes, but can I ask a question? And we're like, yeah. And he goes, man, the macaroni's good. And, you know, the chicken is great. But forget the chicken. Maybe he didn't say forget. Forget the chicken. Tell me about Jesus. Why didn't you tell us about Jesus? Like, it's great that you fed us. Sure, we we need that, but we need Jesus way more than we need that food. Like, we could go hungry if you just tell us about Jesus, and that would be okay. Hmm. And when I tell you the four of us stood in that parking lot, and like, oh, yeah. we we took it to the, like, we doubled over because we took it in the ribs, and then boom, the uppercut to the chin. 
Like this dude's sobbing, right? Telling us his story and kind of what's going on. And the only thing I can think of to say, like, so so Pastor Connor starts talking, Pastor Jackson starts talking, you know, Scott just nods his head, you know, the act of listening that he's good at. And I just look and I was like, man, shame on us. Yeah. Like, what do we do? So we, we, we you know, we go back in, we don't, we don't want to sell him out. So we go back in and we're like, Hey, you know, we were outside talking. Um, and just felt like we should come back in and, and we'd love to be able to, you know, share Jesus. Um, and they're like, yeah, sure. So we go over to the bunks and, and Connor, um, you know, he starts talking about Nicodemus and being born again and this, that, and everything else. And he was like, Hey, you don't have to listen. Like if you want to keep playing on your, your, your tablets or your phones and, um, you know, or go to sleep cool. But if you'd like to listen, let me time. So he talks and then when he prays and we just sat there for about 10 minutes and maybe, you know, five to 10 people came up to us and started talking to us and asking questions and, and prayed with us. Um, but man, when I tell you, uh, and I, I think the other three gentlemen would agree, like I didn't sleep well last night. Yeah. How many other opportunities have we met? Like, and there's no church service for that, for that shelter, right? Um, no church comes and picks people up. Um, no church comes there to lead a service. Like, and a lot of times people will come in, drop the food off and leave and they have to serve themselves, which whatever. I mean, they're, they're grown men. They can, they can fix a plate. Mm-hmm. Right. But why is it that as a church and one that like, we're fairly, I, I, I don't say fairly, we're very gospel centered church. Like everything we do, we want people to see the gospel in it, right? You run your church the same way. Like I shouldn't say you run it, but you know what I mean? Like everything that we do as a church, we want the gospel to be presented. And here we are and we're content in this moment once a month. And for my Sunday school class, like once a year to just give them food and leave, like that's good enough. Hope it was good. I'm out. I think that's what I think probably that's what a lot of these types of groups do, because ultimately, right. I I mean, I'm not I don't know how your church does it, but from prior examples, you know, a lot of times if you're sending Sunday schools, a pastor is not coming along. Right. And not that a pastor has to be the one to share the gospel. Right. I think that the church has the church has moved on onto this sort of feeling that that vocational pastors are the ones to do the Great Commission and church members don't do it. But so how many classes have not done this before, you know, from your class? Well, and, 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 and it's I'm not, not just church. It's, no, it's not just our church. It's, it's every, every church, church that, that comes in. Very rarely does somebody be like, hey, can we just can we just talk? Yeah, you before have a Sunday we eat or after we eat. And, and so per- I think there's going to be some discussion. Um I shouldn't say I think like we talked about it last night on the drive home because we were just all like, oh, man, like we we missed it. Like we we missed it. Like, I, I sure, I want to meet that that need. Like you need food. Right. But what do you need more than food? Like, screw the chicken. Give me Jesus. And so we've talked like I think with each class that goes, we're going to rotate, hopefully, you know, pastoral staff, deacon. So I'd, I'd argue time out. Somebody. Don't, don't send a pastor. Is a pastor part of that Sunday school class? Well, and it's just a, because like some one, some of our Sunday school classes are all women and they don't feel comfortable in, sure. in a group 
of you know in a that, men's only homeless that, shelter. That case, that case, I understand that. Uh, or you know, the youth group will do it. But equip them to do it themselves. No, and absolutely, and yeah. I'm not saying, and we're not saying that that one of them or, or us or you know has to be the one to do it. Right, right. But as an added support, and it's sure. on a, if it's on a rotation, like I may not go every month. Connor may not go every month. Yeah, but like it, and even if we did go every, it's one night a month. What is it going to hurt? Sure. In order to really build these relationships and build, you know, I mean, ultimately, it's it's a discipleship thing, and and I think it's I think a lot of churches, right? It, and I'll just it'll sound like I'm picking on your church, but I'm not. It's just you're the prime example, or you know the the example the example that's sitting in front of us. Right yeah, yeah, now. I'm on the table right now. Um, you know, I I think that's the case for a lot of churches. Uh, most churches like they'll do this and they're like, this is, this is a need. Um, we're filling a need. We're feeding this. We're, we're running a soup kitchen. We're running a, a clothes pantry. We're running a food pantry and it's just done. Right. You, you, you do that. You cut that off. Um, gospel sharings for somebody else or for another time. And I think cause we, we've forgotten what discipleship's like. Oh, and, and, and so, but what the funniest part about it, it's like if you talk to me, like what is like relationships are key to me, mm-hmm. right? Anything I do is built on a relationship, whether it's parenting, whether it's you know helping in youth group, whether it's counseling families, uh, whether it's this podcast, like pretty much everything I do, and really that's that's true for everybody if you think about it. But like relationships are key. But when we get out of our normal routine, it's like we we set the relationship aspect and the discipleship aspect to the side, and we get so focused on a task that we lose all inhibition and all ability to function at the level that we would normally function. Because look, so I get it as as a prof- when I when I was with the the DOC and I was with uh, probation and parole, like I I had I have a I had a resident that lived there or uh, uh, an offender that lived there. And so he picked me out of a crowd real quick, came up and talked to me, you know, and he saw a whole new side of me because I wasn't like, Hey, get your crap together as much as I was. Hey, how's your spiritual walk? Because I knew that he knew Jesus. He just was making really stupid decisions. But when I was sitting in the office in the DOC, I couldn't be like, Hey, how's your walk with Christ? Mm -hmm. And so like, I've obviously got a relationship with him, but the other 70 guys that are there didn't know me from Adam. Or if they did know me, they heard stories that I'm really good at yelling. Yeah. Right. Um, so, in it, so I, you get out of this element of, of being a, a pastor, being a, a Christian and being this and that, and you're like, you're just so focused on, am I giving them enough macaroni or there's this huge line and we don't want people to wait. So let me see how many plates I can get out as quick as I can. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're, you're doing that need and these are people that are in need, right? These are people that are, that are homeless or house poor, you know, in, in these, uh, in these shelters. But do you think that subconsciously, like James was right, and maybe subconsciously in our depravity, we we ultimately fall back on showing the sin of partiality. 
So I don't know. And we we talked about that last night because the gentleman that that kind of kind of put us in our place and he wasn't trying to be rude. Mm-hmm. So when I say put us in our place, like that's more of a figure of speech. He was he was very humble and grateful for what we did. I don't want to I don't want to take any he was not being rude at all. But he legit put us in our place, right? Um like he was like, look, I know there's a stigma with us being here and you probably think we're this or that and and bums. And and I can honestly say like I don't, I don't like, because if you think about it, we're all one or two decisions away from being right there. Sure. But I'm talking about, maybe I'm not, I'm not figuring that on you, but just, no, generally, and, but I, I get what you're saying. And I would like the to, churches, I would like to hope that the church doesn't, but I, I guess if I look at it, um, you know, we probably, we probably do throw that at them. And it's like, well, what did you do to deserve this? And I think, you know, we do forget that, like, cool. So if they deserve that, let me let me take it one step further, Sister Susan, you know, Sister Karen, if you will. Uh, guess what you deserve? <laughs> and it's not the house that you're living in. And it's not the car that you drive. Um, and sure, you may keep your heat at 77 in the summertime like a weirdo. But what we deserve is much hotter than a, you know, 75, 80 degree house. Right? Yeah. And so... I don't know, man. I just, I thought last night could have been the most, I, I've, I've been a part of some events that have humbled me. Sure. Right. I've been a part of some events that have spoken to my soul. Uh, and I thought last night, man, like last night may have been one of the biggest, most humbling events I've ever been a part of. And I was so grateful and thankful to be there with the men that I was there with. Absolutely. And I think you saw it for what it is. I, like, I live in a place where I'm, I'm not belittling homeless ministry by any means, but I live in a town where homeless ministry is easy. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's low hanging fruit, right? There's there's a lot. So you have a lot of churches and then it becomes incredibly competitive because you have, you know, all, I've seen like four churches show up on a corner and they've all got breakfast burritos, right? That's that's the thing. It's a Saturday morning breakfast burritos instead of maybe like if they really partnered well and maybe one did blankets or one did socks and toothpaste and toothbrushes and one did breakfast burritos. But, I, you know, and I, I know that a lot of these ministries, they make T-shirts, you know, for their team for that. And they, they put it out there and they're like, you know, they pat themselves on the back that they're doing this homeless outreach and this homeless ministry, but they never invite those homeless folks to their Sunday gathering. Right. And so this gentleman, I think he was kind of implying like there are some there that would love to, to come to a Sunday gathering. And so it's just a matter of trying to, cause our, our church doesn't have a bus ministry. Well, nobody does. I mean, and I think it's time like to go backwards. Like I really think the old school, I mean, I'm the old school Southern Baptist, the Adrian Rogers bus ministry um, that as a young guy used to joke about is, is legit. Like there's legit needs for that. Like I need a bus. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, I mean, yeah, I, like I, well, I, I talked people. to, Con- I talked to Connor about that this morning because we, we don't have that. And so just looking at what that would look like and, and what we need to do. And, and I'm not saying we're going to fix the issue right now. No, no absolutely because, not. But I, I think it's something that's going to move closer to the, the front burner than being put on the back burner. Well, and I think that, I think the conviction for you and not, you know, and I think being convicted for, for your church in particular is going to be great because I think you're going to, 
truly see this, like the scales have fallen from your eyes, if you will, right? That you see this for what it really is. You are filling a need, but ultimately, like Jesus said, right? It's, you know, if the, if, if you're sick, go to a hospital, you know, like the, these right. people are, it's not, any church is going to come bring them food, right? There, there's always a plethora of, and I know that some of these places struggle. So I realize like not every place is, is getting served this way, but there's always somebody to come bring them soup or macaroni and cheese or sandwiches, but to truly bring them Jesus and to really feed their souls. I think that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, that rib kicking. Yeah. You know, no, it was opens your eyes to really serve you know, and it could be as incredible for them and as incredible for your for your church and your body to to go through that and see that and, and be an example then to other churches. Right. To start. Maybe oh, yeah, partnerships absolutely. With other churches and stuff like that. But uh, so, yeah, just looking at that and how that affected me and, you know, giving back to the community and things of that sort. You know who gives back to the community, Chadwick? I don't know who say Saint Gagnano. Oh, Saint Gagnano's Armory. They give back to the community. Look at that segue, man. Look, that's that's Hall of Fame stuff right there. Look, I just I beat you to it, man. So if you if you would indulge me for a moment before we move on, I'd like to take care of some business. I'm assuming that's an okay thing. You didn't say anything, so I'll just keep going. All right, today's episode, along with most other, well, all other I'm, episodes. I, I, I'm not a tycoon today. We're, we're my my businessman. This is my day off, so I've checked out. You've checked business. out, so this is, I guess this episode is mine, all right? This I didn't episode, say I checked out it is. I said I checked out a business. Look, I, I said what I said, okay? Don't, don't come back at me, sir. Today's episode, along with all other episodes... I was brought to you by St. Gagano Armory, and they are the premier destination for handcrafted blacksmith merchandise. They use traditional techniques to create unique and stunning pieces, each one embedded with the spirit of St. Gagano himself. Each item is a work of art, handcrafted, and with careful attention to detail. St. Gagano Armory believes that quality and authenticity are paramount, and that's why they use the finest materials and take pride in their commitment to craftsmanship. A portion of each sale will go back into the community in some way, shape, or form. Um, and so my question to you is this. Why settle for generic mass-produced items when you can own a hand-forged and unique piece of awesomeness and help your community out while you do it? So visit them today for all of your blacksmith merchandise needs and some awesome blacksmith apparel. Visit them at stgaganoarmory.etsy.com and you can look them up on social media as well. Amen. So now that business is taken care of, Chad. Now we can get down to business? Now we can get down to business, okay? We can get so, down to business. Business. And business is good. Okay, so this this episode is going to drop on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is great for a multitude of different reasons. Is it? I generally, well, so hear me out. Like, I'm generally lucky enough that my beautiful bride, Dr. Wife, um, I usually get, like, chocolate-covered strawberries. And if you know me, you know that, like, strawberries, my favorite food, hands down, in the history she, of the world. She gives you, you receive chocolate-covered strawberries. I receive chocolate-covered strawberries. Okay. Sometimes she makes them, sometimes she buys them. It just depends, Right. Um, and so, and it's just, it's always a good time, you know, 
I get to to lead service on on Valentine's Day this year, so that's exciting. That's that's another love of mine is to be able to to preach and teach the gospel. I get a day off this Valentine's Day because the core of my church doesn't want Jesus to show up on Valentine's Day. They just want a fancy meal and some just want, games. Just want a meal and no Jesus? I, I have an issue with that. Oh, they're um, getting Jesus. They I was about to say, know if I know yet. you, that's not happening. So, but here, I want, I just want to go back for a second, okay? Chad, how old are you? We don't talk about that. Okay, well, you're old enough to probably be my dad. Um, I, I would have had to start like super young. Okay, like I'm like a fit. <laughs> now, granted, when I graduated eighth grade, there were three fathers that graduated with me before I went to high see, school. But I, I said what I to, said, sir. I, I would have had to have had you in fifth grade. So I'm 39 years old. You are much older. I'm, okay, I'm uh, so I'm 11 years older than you. 12 years older than you. Behind the paywall, there's a joke right here. I can't do it because Dr. Wife will murder me. But behind the paywall. I know, I know the joke. There's a joke. Okay, as long as you know. So let's go back to the when. The joke is I could be your father. That's right. Um, so let's go back to when we first fell in love. You and, and I? So No, no. Just you as a person, me as a person. Um, Again, you and I? This just took a turn I wasn't ready for. So one of the first things I fell in love with. Time out for a second, because as we're talking about this, I just realized yesterday that I sent you Valentine's Day candy. So that question's still on the table. When did you and I first fall in love? I believe it was in the parking lot of a at the uh, Boys and Girls Club. At the Boys and Girls Club in Terre Haute. Sir. And we were both sweating a priest in cowboy boots like that, that's a cool getup. I wish like, I had a I... clerical collar. I know. I wish I had a collar and some boots at that point. <laughs> so, right. but anyway, the first thing I fell in love with was baseball. Okay, like you, you can go back to my cousins and my family. Like they will tell you that while my cousins were sitting on Saturday morning watching cartoons, like I watched Saturday morning cartoons, but when baseball came on, I didn't care. Right, like it was. It was the the four cartoons that we watched. It was Saturday morning wrestling, and then boom, baseball. But then and, did you have uh because like so it, it was probably with Ozzy Smith when you were a kid. But they used to have this week in baseball. Yeah, this week in baseball. With which Ozzie when Smith. I was a kid, it was uh Mel Allen was still doing it. It was Mel Allen first, and when Mel, I think yeah. when Mel Allen died or got Ozzie too took, old to do it, Ozzy took, took it over. And so I would watch that. So and there's so, a, there's our age difference. Shout out. The Mel Allen version, way superior to Ozzy's. I have no doubt. And so, like, my grandmother, who who had a who had a bad back and all this other stuff, would she would go? I would I would drag her out of the house and she would play catch with me. Mm. My grandmother to the point, taught me how to play. My my, yeah. my grandmother too. And and I asked my mom. I was like, Mom, why baseball? Because she was a single mother, and she was like, I could have taught you about cars, or I could have taught you about baseball. And I like baseball way more than cars. So to this day, I know nothing about a car other than if I put it in D, it will go forward. And if I put it where it says R, it will go back. It's sometimes. Posted. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are ways around that, but I'm not that smart. So, uh, but like, as a young child, like the strategy of baseball, I was all about it. Okay. Um, and so. As the, as the young boy that I'm cradling in my 11 year old arms. Yes. So the best man at my wedding, uh, Ross Titchener, 
looked at my wife during his best man speech and he was like, Ashley, thank you for marrying him because now he's not going to make me watch baseball all the time. Because uh, I not tell like you, baseball? Not as much as I did, but when I tell you, like the Braves were on TBS, man. Yeah. Every night of the week I was watching baseball. Yeah. Whether it was the TBS Braves or if we happened to be off and it was a win- a Wednesday or a Sunday, ESPN had Wednesday night baseball and Sunday night baseball. I was all about it. You know, my favorite two or three baseball players of all time, most people don't even know who they are. And so. Who are they? So well, my favorite baseball player of all. It's first guest of the show, Andrew Jones. First guest of the show, Andrew Jones, shout out, you know, should be a Hall of Famer, is my favorite ball player of all time, but right behind him is Raphael Belliard. Ah, like Um, the Congress. No, no, not not Belliard, Raphael Palmeiro. That was Raphael Palmeiro. Yeah. Yeah, I don't don't have time for that guy. But, you know, Raphael Belliard, loved him as a kid. Um, So it's just like baseball, my child's room when he was born, baseball his name is after a baseball stadium the first toy he had was a ball and bat like in his crib at the hospital the nurse was like sir you can't put that in there and i was like ma'am with all due respect i'm his dad i'll do what i want and so there it went so anyway i got ahead of myself but i was i was scrolling the social media the other day i don't remember which one but i found this and sent it to you and so it is every position, starting pitcher, closer, catcher, infield, outfield, and designated hitter. There are five players at each position, okay? And each one is $1 to $5. You have to field a team, $33, and I guess because of you, $33 or less. Okay, you can't go over $33. And so I thought we would go through my question is, though, do I have to, can I keep a little money in reserve? I mean, well, you can because of injury, I guess. But so the stipulations, um, I so you 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 cheated. I thought, you know, from what I saw and everything, I assumed that I needed to use all $33. You, if you don't want to use it, that's fine. But the you stipulation just made is, rules. No, I, I can make all thirty-three dollars if I have to. The the, stip, the real stipulation is like you're getting this player in their prime. Um. So, like for example, drug, Barry Bonds, drug free, both Barry Bonds enhancing and Barry Bonds is not Pittsburgh. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is uh, juiced up, roid rage. Barry Bonds from San Francisco. Okay. Um. I'm trying to think. Uh. Yeah. So. That that's the thing. Like you get them in their prime, um, and so we'll we're just gonna go through. You know, I've got paper so I can take notes on who you pick, because then we're gonna leave it to a vote on social media on which team would win a best of a best like a World Series best of seven. And I'm anxious to see how many players we have that are the same, because knowing knowing you, I don't know how many of these we're gonna get that are the same. My gut is we've got one or two. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think the majority of our picks will be different. Yeah, I think so. And, I, and we were talking beforehand, like there are a couple picks that he that that person got picked because I was tight on money. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't necessarily like the guy. He was a good player, but you know, not my cup of tea. Um I mean I'm pretty sure an all a an a ten dollar team taking all dollar players for the most part. Well, there's 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 a few gaping holes with some of the the people they've chosen, 
but but if you sure. take if you take all dollar teams, your defense is shoddy. At the corners, in the infield for sure. Yeah, and at second base, and but anyway, I in his prime, in his prime, Jeff Kent, Jeff Kent was a decent second base. Decent, but not great. No, not great. I I would say decent, not good. That's just me. But I hey, would say there's a there's a disparity. All right, but we, we could suss this out when we get we'll to suss it out with each because there's a way disparity between five dollar and one dollar at shortstop. I think the five dollar shortstop should be a dollar. Well, I, yes, I agree with you. So I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna kind of lead this if you don't mind. Okay, so let's start. Um, Can we start we'll with all, the left field because we'll just go down, or do you? I was start? gonna start with with pitcher and go okay. around the horn. I was and, just and, looking at the way this thing is set. Yeah, up. I, I'm it. just went number like so. You know, if you're scoring baseball, gotcha. one is pitcher, so that's right. where I went. Okay, um, and so so we're gonna start with starting pitchers, and so I'm gonna go in reverse order. So one dollar to five dollar. Okay. So one dollar is Clayton Kershaw, Pedro Martinez, Roger Clemens, Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox. Greg being the five dollar. Who yeah. you got? So, so this is the this is the one position I think in our pre-show that I told you I could get the thirty three dollars because mm-hmm. right now with what I've sussed out I'm at twenty nine. So if I had to I could go here another position. So I'll go with my. Under $33, and if you really oh, yeah. want to enforce that. No, you can go. You um, can go, and we can talk about who you would switch out. To. I'd take Kershaw. Of course you would. Of course you would. <laughs> um, so. I mean, it'd be for this, what we talked it, about it. It'd be like if I had to change, if I needed to, to have the money, and, and really I was thinking this was a decent one for me to take a dollar to spend $5 somewhere else. And so that's what I was thinking when I took Kershaw. But I, I mean, I could easily spend the five dollars on Maddox. Um, oh, yeah. I think for for just things I'll probably have to repent for. There's no way I could ever buy Roger Clemens. And as we joked, I was like, I might spend the two dollars on Pedro just to watch him fight. I think Pedro would be my second pick on this. But I knew you took great. You took Maddox. I did take Maddox. Yeah. And so here's the thing: if you want to look at their careers. Um, and I'm just going to look at the play. Like well, regu- regular Ker- season, Kershaw's great, but in the playoffs, oh, yeah. I don't want to touch him. But Kershaw's the only him. one that's still active too. Like he's no, not finished. Yeah, he is. He is. Well, he's finished. He just doesn't know it yet. So you got Kershaw. That was what? That's a one dollar pick. One dollar. All right. All right. So yeah, I took I took I took the Mad Dog. You know, and, and realistically, if you look at those, there's no wrong answer. I think Clayton Kershaw is probably the wrongest. Uh, next to Clemens, but quality wise, like they're all they're all solid. You can't go wrong, all right? Who'd you who do you? So I on closer because I'm looking at prime, right? I'm not looking overall career. I'm looking at them in their prime. Mm-hmm. I took Craig Kimbrell for a dollar. Mm-hmm. Now that's also a homer pick mm-hmm. because he was he in his prime when he was with the Braves, one of the best of all time. Um. But so I guess I should have led with this. So from one to five, Craig Kimbrell, Henley Jansen, Billy Wagner, Trevor Hoffman, Mariano Rivera. Um, I took Craig Kimbrell. If I had to spend more money, I would probably go Hoffman yeah. with my second pick. But I took I took Kimbrell. So I spent the five and took Mariano Rivera. You took Mo. That's, I mean, 
the I don't agree that this is the case, but he's the only person to ever be unanimously voted into the Hall of Fame. I would like to look at the people that voted no on Maddox and Chipper and Smoltz and well, uh, I, I think that the, the Babe reason Ruth. They, the reason they I, voted no is because those guys ticked off reporters. But like you know, you're going to vote Mariano in first ballot like 100, percent but then somebody like Greg Matt, Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth didn't get 100. percent Are you kidding me? Well, it's because that because they ticked off reporters. That's, I mean, really, the, the reason they haven't got the United, like, Chipper was kind of a pain in the butt to to reporters could, at times. And that, I mean, it's 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 baseball writers that vote in the hall, majority oh, of it. I, so, just, I think it, it's crap. It's the, it, the ones that don't get in unanimous, it's personal. So, oh, Or there's always the one guy who, who votes against because they think, you, you know, things that are unanimous look fishy. Right. All right. So you got Mo, I got Kimbrell. Yes, sir. So you got a catcher. So from $1 to $5, you got Jorge Posada. Uh, I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame, but he will be. Joe Maurer, he's going in. Buster Posey at three. Uh, the Pizza Man, Mike Piazza at four. And Pudge at five. Who you got? And why is it Mike Piazza? It's not. It's Jorge Posada. Oh, you picked, you picked Jorge. So I, I have mad love for Mike Piazza. He's like one of my favorite players as, you know, going into adulthood kind of thing. But I, I think like watching a lot of Yankee games to, you know, watching both Mets and Yankee games, I, I, Jorge Posada for the longest time as a grown up was my favorite player in baseball. Like I just love the way he watched the way he called games, the oh, way yeah. he was defensively. So, yeah, I'm going for Posada. So what I think is funny is the, the times that I've picked $5 players, you picked $1 and vice versa. So did you take because Pudge? I took Pudge, and here's why. I think he is the greatest catcher of all time. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll lay a claim for the other Pudge. I still think it's Carlton Fisk. All around, if you look at defensive, uh, you look at, at with the bat, longevity, all of that, I think he's the greatest catcher of all time. So that's who I went with. I'll go. I'll go with the other Pudge, the right. first Pudge, OG Pudge, as the greatest. I think Carlton Fisk. Um, all right. So first base is it got fishy with me. I'm not happy with my pick, but so it, full disclosure, first base and left field were my last two positions. I had five dollars to get those two spots. Um, not real happy with either one of my picks, and I think if I could go back and change it, I would, but I don't want to change it since we've started. So from $1 to $5, you got Mark McGuire, Jim Tomey, Jeff Bagwell, Miggy Cabrera, and the machine Albert Pujols. Um, And so at first base, I took Jeff Bagwell. Okay. Um, it's not a bad, it's not a bad choice. Not, not a bad choice. Um, you know, I, the Killer B lineup was fun. Biggio's stance was always fun. I could never mm -hmm. imitate it because I just I couldn't swing with it. Um, but he he could steal a base at first base. He was good with the glove. You know, for a guy his size, he was he had some pop. So um, Astros Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. You know, I think his number is retired now. So I think so. I I went with I went with Bagwell. Who you got at first? Albert. See, I ain't mad about that. I splurged on Albert. Because think about it, even in Albert's prime, if you're going this uh, during their prime, even in Albert's prime, he was hurt. 
But yeah. he was hurt for like six years and nobody knew it. And he put up monster numbers in St. Louis. Could you, I, I, much like King Griffey Jr., I think had injuries not plagued him, he would have surpassed Barry Bond. Like they would be the ones that would be one, two in the record book. Oh, for June. And yeah. Cause for I home, mean, with Pujols, so that, what would he have done if he was healthy? Yeah. When he got to Anaheim, he was hurt in a shell of himself. Like, what would he have done if he was healthy? So, It'd have been phenomenal. All right, second base. I think our one dollar, five dollar is is gonna. Well, it stopped at first base. Now that I've said that, um, so my second choice at first base, um, I would I would have probably taken Jim Tomey because I had the five dollars to. I would have flipped uh, three to two. Um, so that's probably where I would have went at second base. Uh, one dollar to five dollars. Jeff Kent, Robinson Cano. Uh, Chase Utley at three, Craig Biggio, and Roberto Alomar. Who you got a second? Um, I'm going cheap, and I took Jeff Kent. If you have Barry Bonds, are you going to let them fight in your dugout? <laughs> or maybe, but I also, I, when I was thinking of, so I, I sacrificed offense at catcher. And I thought this will give me this will give me some offense for for no, less I, money, you know. Absolutely. And his prime, Ken had some pop at second base, so sacrificing the offense, you know, because you know if, if you look at those catchers, right? If we go back to the catchers, I mean, Posada is the only one that's barely given you fifteen homers. You know, he might, you know, he, he he's given you a six homer forty RBI season, but hit you know two ninety. Yeah. And and defensive all the way, so I I cheaped out and went with Jeff Kent. So my second baseman um, is also he's probably top two or three of my favorite second baseman of all time. Um, I'm that big of a nerd. I have like a top three to five player at every position. I'll say um, this though: I would have taken Biggio. Biggio is who for I took. economics. Yeah, I would have taken Biggio's, Biggio for economics. Biggio is who I took. I, I think all around like. Look, I need I need somebody to spell Pudge at catcher. Biggio can play catcher. I need somebody to to play center field. Biggio can play center field. I need somebody to hey lean into a pitch and take one for me. Biggio you know the man that. wore a the man wore the thing the size of a tree trunk on his elbow so we could do that. And he wasn't a slouch in the field. So I I took, yeah I I somewhat splurged. Plus Jeff Kent was a Met so. I had to take a Met since I passed on Piazza. <laughs> For <laughs> right, old so time's sake. Here is where there's one distinct... No, no, I've lied. I'm skipping a position. We're going third base here. Correct. Third base. Uh, from one to five, it's Scott, Roland, Nolan, well, and Well, shouldn't we go shortstop if we're doing the numbers? No, because third base is five, shortstop That's right. Is I'm six. sorry. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Don't, don't, don't question me, sir. Uh... Scott Rowland is one, Nolan Hernado, Wade Boggs, Adrian Beltre. Congrats to Adrian for going into the Hall of Fame this year. Rain, go uh, Rangers. Five dollars would be Chipper Jones. Um, I think we both know who I took here. You took Larry. I took Larry. You took one uh, Lawrence Jones. Larry Jones is who I took. Um, so yeah, I took Chipper. Uh, who'd you take? You're gonna laugh at me. Did you take uh, Nolan? I took Nolan. 
Well, you can't go. It's not a. That's not a bad pick. No, Nolan was so fun to watch here in Colorado. Like, I, I took it. It was, it was gonna. It was between Nolan and Boggs, but I'm thinking I sacrificed offense. You know, Boggs is gonna be another one. You know, he barely give you double digit home runs. Um, but but, hit, but like a fiend. As long as he had so, chick, as long as you had chick in the supply, but uh, I went with Nolan. Look, if I if I if I didn't have enough money to take Chipper here, I would have taken Wade. I mean, Wade, Boggs would have been my second choice. Um, Beltre, Arenado, and then Rowan. I mean, I couldn't take Chipper because I was one of those jerks that for years, every time I you saw were a Larry Channer, weren't you? I was you? a Larry Channer, so I can't chant Larry if he's playing on my team. You're the worst, sir. I was a Larry Channer, and I booed Barry Bonds every time he came up to play. I do have a disdain for Barry Bonds. So I guess Braves third baseman just owned the Mets because Austin Riley, he, he's taken over that role for Chipper, and I love it. All right, so this next, this next position, there is one wrong answer. One. I can let you go with oh, yeah, any they, of the other uh, at yeah. shortstop, but there's yeah. there's definitely one wrong answer. And so from $1 up to $5, you got Ozzie Smith, Barry Larkin, the captain, Derek Jeter, Cal Ripken Jr., and A-Rod. And I can tell you who I wanted isn't who I picked. Yeah, I I could go. I, I, could, I could have taken two, and I could still change. And still be under the thirty-three dollars because I got some wiggle room, but I took Barry Larkin. That's a good pick. And I would have taken, or I would have taken Cal. So I wanted Cal Ripken so bad, but didn't have the money for him. I mean, to me, I thought Barry's underpriced at two dollars, so he's a steal. Let's talk about underpriced. I took Ozzy. Oh yeah, <laughs> but but again, like you know, for Ozzy, you're sacrificing. You know, Ozzy's the old school prototype shortstop. Play well, 162 games, give you one home run. But but here's the thing: the, the way hole. I'm the way I'm going to manage this team, I'm good with that. Yeah, I'll no, play small ball. It doesn't exist anymore, right? Those no, it, it does not. But you know, you know, I, you know he's gonna he's gonna bat ninth for me, and if I can get that seven hitter on or that eight hitter, you know what he's doing. Yeah. So did you, you take know, I'm gonna, I took Ozzy. All right, so Barry field. Larkin, I only saw Barry Larkin. Every time I, I went to a Reds game during that era, Barry didn't play for one reason or another, but I saw Barry. I know that the bats now, but at the time they were the Louisville River Bats, the AAA team for the Reds, mm-hmm. and I saw Barry play in Louisville with Dion. Yeah. Dion, Dion was uh, – I don't know if Dion was – Barry was a rehab assignment. Dion may have been – that stretch between football, baseball, or something like that when he was playing, I, you know, like when they, he would, was playing both. I think, yeah. he, you know, I, I don't remember. Dion might have been a, a rehab assignment too, but I saw Dion. Barry Larkin was one of the few Reds players when I was a kid that I liked. If I'm not mistaken, he won an MVP, didn't he? Uh, I believe so. I, I'm pretty sure he did. Um, all right. So let's, we've got our infield um, covered. Eric, what, what's his name? Um, Eric Davis was yeah, like when was. I was a kid. Eric Davis was just a beast. Oh yeah, Eric and Davis was a monster. In, when in he Cincinnati. when he left Cincinnati, like he went became to, a shell of himself. Went to L.A. with Strawberry. Yeah he, yeah, he became a shell of himself. Um. All right, man. Let's move to the outfield. 
Um, and so we're going to start with left field. And this is the other one that like this. I, I wish I would have done something different. Um, but I had it written down. So this is what I stuck with. So left field from $1 to $5. You got Albert Bell. Joey Bell. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. You can hit me with a 99 mile an hour fastball. And I'm not taking my base because I'm going to crank it. Um, Lance Berkman at two, Manny Ramirez three, Ricky Henderson four, Barry Bonds at five. Who did you take? I mean, for numbers, is it my turn? These are bad. Uh, this is yeah, so it'd be my turn to your turn, I think. So I took Lance Berkman. Okay, it's a good pick. Switch hitter, solid hitter, uh, okay fielder. Uh, Yeah, um, I I would have almost. I, what I wanted to do is I wish I would have took Jim Tomey at two and Manny Ramirez at three, but Berkman is a little little better fielder than than Manny Ramirez. So yeah, and that, that's and that's that's how I figured that in my head uh, because he's going to give me the homers. He, I'm going to get fifteen to twenty home runs. Going to get a, a, a you know two eighty two ninety batting average. You know, he's a savvy base runner. So with the bigger bases now, he'll steal me a few bags. Uh, but solid, solid player. Who you got in left field? The only home run ball I've ever caught in my life, Ricky Henderson. I figured that's where you would go. It's the only home run ball I've ever caught at Yankee so, Stadium. So full disclosure, I was I never really cared for Ricky Henderson. I think, and, and take this with a grain of salt. I think he's overrated, mm. and I but say that because prime, because of his personality. Yeah, like he he thought he was God's gift to the world, and he was. Yeah, but it bothered me that he he thought it right. So yeah. that's that's why. Um, so I would have traded up for Manny, or I would. I mean, even, the man invented swagger. That is. Absolutely correct. I mean, you can say Reggie Jackson did, but uh, no, Ricky did. No, R- Ricky had way more. Than Ricky Reggie. took what Reggie had and perfected it. Absolutely. All right, man. Center field. Center for the 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 captain of the out. You know the 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 manager of the outfield. Um. In in, in my head, there's one wrong answer here. Um, you can argue with me later. Uh, maybe two wrong answers, but we won't debate that. So one dollar to five dollar, you got Jim Edmonds, Andrew Jones, Carlos Beltran, the kid, Ken Griffey Jr., or Mike Trout. I picked. It was a toss up between two, and I went. Since I am from New Jersey, I went for the Jersey boy, and I took Mike Trout. Oh, you you spent big on Trout. Yeah, I spent big on Trout because that's why I asked you in his prime, and can you guarantee me prime injury free? Like I, I still have questions at second base. Is Robin is Robinson Cano doing dope? Well, I mean, in his prime, I'm pretty sure he was. So. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> He's only been suspended like nine times. So in a in a shocking course of relevance with me, and and this is gonna come as a shock to you, I think. You who I took Andrew Jones. Him. I most certainly took Andrew Jones. I was going to say. Yeah. Andrew Jones is by far the greatest defensive center fielder of all time. He's Fight up me. There. Fight me. He's up Will, there. Willie Mays was good. Andrew Jones was better. Fielding. Yeah. Fielding. Um, 
So if I had to change some things around, uh, Griffey would have been my second pick. Trout, my third. And I dislike Jim Edmonds and Carlos Beltran. Yeah, I would have taken Griffey. So I, I, I think I think Beltron and Edmonds aren't in the same category as the other two. There are no, gonna be I, some Cardinal fans that come after me, and that's fine. Yeah, they come after everybody. They, they can be wrong. It's fine. Uh right field. Right field, you have one to five, Sheffield, Larry Walker, Mookie Betts, Vlad Sr. And Ichiro Suzuki. There is no wrong answer here. No. These are all superb players. I, I might disagree with the, the price attached to each one. Yeah. But I mean the only one is you know, if you're gonna sacrifice offense, if you're gonna sacrifice power, it's Ichiro. But there's no wrong answer, right? No, no. So who you got? Or was it my turn? It's my turn, isn't it? Uh, I took Larry Walker. I figured that. I took Larry Walker. I always, I loved watching him play. Um, he was, you know, he was part of the Rockies when the Rockies had my, uh, one of my favorite players on their team. I loved Andres Galarraga. Man, the so, Blake, the Blake Street, the original Blake Street Bombers. Yeah. So I used to love being able to watch when they were the game of the week. Um, and I could watch the Rockies. I would watch them because I loved Galarraga and I loved Larry Walker. So that, that's who I picked. I think he's going to give me great average. He's going to give me decent pop, right? Not not a huge home run guy, but a very gap-to-gap guy. Um, great base running. It's it's what I need on my team. Uh, who you got? By I the way, needed, my, second, my second pick would have been Gary Sheffield. Yes, I, I needed a little more controversy in my outfield, so I took Gary Sheffield. Took Gary. Gary was – I loved him when he was in Atlanta. I hated him when he was with my or the Marlins. It's everywhere. I'm pretty he, sure he, I, played. I, I, he, he played, played for every team. Every team. Um, he was he was a hired assassin. I think that's really what's hurting in his in his search for the Hall of Fame because he got Hall of Fame numbers. Absolutely. I think the connection people still think that he juiced, uh, and I think the fact that he didn't stick with a team for an extremely long period of time. And he he was kind of a a locker room issue. He was a polarizing. Yeah, he was a polarizing character. All right, and we're going to round it out with the DH. Um, I, There might be one bad pick in this, but realistically, only because I don't think of this man as a DH. Um, So from one to five, you got Harold Baines, Paul Molitor, Edgar Martinez, Frank Thomas, David Ortiz. I disagree with the rankings because I think Edgar Martinez is the greatest... DH of all time. I think he he perfected that position before anybody else. I think they I um, think they've got Poppy at the high end because Poppy was a better DH than a field player when he right. moved to when he moved to DH. So like Martinez could play Martinez could play corner infield. Mm-hmm. Um but when they and when they got somebody that could play those spots just a little bit better, he was you were able to keep his bat because he was at DH. And I mean, he was the the prototypical DH. He was a hitter. He wasn't a power hitter. He wasn't a contact hitter. He was a hitter. Um. So I took I took Martinez for three dollars. 
Who you got? So I went nostalgia, and I took Paul Molitor for two dollars. See, I don't, I don't think of him as a DH. But later on, he was, um, you know, he, you know, especially when he went to Minnesota, you know, and won the World Series. Um, but like, well, we, don't, when, we don't talk about that year. But when I was a kid, like those Brewer, that Brewers team, like just that that series of Brewers teams in the eighties, man, they were. You know, and I saw them play. Like I saw him, Robin Yao. Those guys, the Brewers team was a beast. I remember 1980, 1980, I saw the Brewers play the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. And it was this uh, slugfest between Reggie Jackson and Gorman Thomas. And Gorman Thomas was like a living walrus. That's what he looked like. He was just this big hulk of a man that had like this big, like blonde Fu Manchu mustache. And they just, they both, I think they both had multiple homer games that day, but they were like, I think they tied for the home run lead that year. Like it was like neck and neck all the way. Like they just, they, I, if anything, Reggie might've beat them by like one, but I thought, I think they tied, but I can't remember. But yeah, the, those Brewers teams from the eighties, I mean, there were players on there that I absolutely loved and Paul Molitor was one of them. Yeah. So I think if I didn't take, if I didn't take Edgar, I would probably take Frank. Yeah, the big hurt was a beast. Him, him, and his nogenics. But I also I took Paul Molitor for because uh, I, I I still think this is an important thing in baseball, even though baseball doesn't anymore. Um, I took Paul Molitor for a locker room presence. Since I'm going to have some locker room issues with Sheffield and Henderson, I needed so, yeah. somebody to be a calming force in the locker room. So and so house. yeah, you you've got some some polarizing polarizing guys. And if you look at my team, and so let's just let's just go real quick. I have two polarizing guys, but that's two more than I have. Maybe. So here, here's your starting lineup: you got Kershaw, Mariano Rivera coming out of the bullpen. You got Jorge, Pulhos, Kent, Arenado, Larkin around the horn. You got Henderson, Trout, Sheffield in the outfield. That's a terrifying outfield. Um, and you got Paul Mol- Molitor at DH. Coming over to me, uh, I got Maddox and Prime Kimbrel coming out of the bullpen. I got Pudge. And then around the horn, I got Bagwell, Biggio, Jones, and Ozzy. Like, the defense on my infield is unmatched. Larkin's no slouch, though. No, I don't, and, and no, I, your your infield is, like, Kent yeah. is going to kill your infield. yeah. Yeah, but, I mean the corner. Uh, yeah, Ken, Ken's the 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 loose the loose link in the chain in the middle. Defensively, I have a I have a more defensively sound team than you. I think all around. And then my outfield is Berkman, Jones, Walker. You have Molitor. I have Martinez. So without putting together an actual batting order. Looking at those, who wins a seven-game series, Chad, me or you? I don't know. I moneyballed a man twenty nine dollars. Well, I didn't. I spent all thirty three. I don't know. It'd be close. Uh, so, so here's here's what's up. I'm gonna put uh, this little thing out so you can tell us what your lineup is gonna be, um, or your your positions are gonna be, and then. Uh, I, I want to know what you guys think. Like, who wins a seven-game series with these lineup between between Team Chad and, and Team Correct Baseball Andy? 
Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. It'd be tough. It'd be a tough series. It go. It go seven. Oh, absolutely, it would. Um, and, and so here's why I think it's mine. Okay, and I know that sounds rather cocky because, of course, I think I'm going to win. I think pitching is what does it. Sure. I think Greg Maddox is more reliable than Clayton Kershaw. And so I would trust Greg Maddox to to get out your big, you know, your Ricky Henderson, Mike Trout, and Pulhos more than I trust Kershaw to get out Chipper, Martinez, and, Bag and Bagwell. But out of those seven games, none of those seven are going to be blowouts. It's going to be a one or a two run margin. Yeah, unless and unless somebody like lit up that night and had a you know a three run home a three homer game. So and then to also to put you on the spot before we before we wrap up here, since this is our welcome back baseball episode, we've done a few baseball episodes in the past where. Yeah, we we've drafted uh, Bible characters to our team. That's one of my favorite things. Did we talked about right. The, is there baseball in heaven? Is there baseball in heaven? Um, so with with the start of the season coming up, and when this episode drops, pitchers and catchers are reporting. Um, are you comfortable giving your pick for each division on who's going to win it? Uh, sure. I only care about one division. No, sure. or me, me too, but it's something I like to do every year. To, um, And so here's the thing. This year I followed free agency way less than I usually do um, for a myriad of reasons. Um, and I, you know, I still get just as upset as I always do with, with the offseason. Um, but let's start with the AL West. Who wins that division? Or AL East, excuse me, AL East. Um. AL East. I think the Blue Jays still have a shot. I mean, it's kind of going to be up for grabs. I don't know. The Yankees, you know, the Yankees definitely solidified themselves, but I, I don't think it's enough. Yeah, so the the Blue Jays, I always pick them, and they always upset me. They do. Um I look at what the Baltimore Orioles did. They brought almost everybody back. Sure. They're a year mature. They just added Corbin Burns. I think they've kind of solidified their bullpen. So I'm going to go with the O's to win the AL East. Let's move to the AL Central. Who you got? It's a crapshoot, let's be honest. The Central... Oh. I go between the, uh, I don't know the, maybe the Twins or the Indians. So I like what the Indians did with coaching decisions. Yeah, um, I, I think that's going to be good. But I, it's going to be I, a, it'll be a tight I, race again. I think it's. So you think Cleveland? I think Detroit got better, but I still think it's Minnesota's division. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it'll be a run between the Indians and the Twins. All right, so I know your pick here. 
Yeah, I think the Rangers are going to take the West. I mean, I know I know the Astros have made some made some ground. You know, the Mariners will make a run for a little bit for the wild card, but I, I, think I can it's, tell you who I can tell you who won't be an issue. Oakland, right? Who be ho- who are homeless next year? They they won fifty. They won fifty games last year. I think they win less than that this year. But I think um, the Rangers. I think the Rangers will take the West. I mean, the so pitching, I, most of the pitching staff is back. I mean, unless they, you know, they sub and solidified Jordan Montgomery, but, you there's know, talks they, right now. they have the Grom coming back. You know, they just, they just uh, avoided arbitration with Garcia. I mean, they have arguably, I know it's like the third best minor league system right now, but they have some young players that, I mean, just that are coming up that are just going to be devastating. Yeah, no, and I have Texas as well. Let's go AL East. We did AL East. Or NL East, sorry. I got the uh, Braves. Let's be honest. We all know that. It's Braves or Phillies. Pick one. It'd probably be the Braves. I was about to say our friendship's on the line. It'd be between the Braves and the Phillies. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just, you know, I hope the Phillies continue to Philly. Um, and I'd like the Mets to have another year like they did this year. That was beautiful. They should. Um, so this is the pick, the central that I don't agree with a lot of the, the experts. So who do you got on the NL central? You know, I don't know. It could be anybody's, but like what they look like late last year. I mean, the Reds could take a run at it. So the, the prediction is, um, I mean, it's a super young team. A lot of people are saying the Cardinals. I just, I don't see it. I, I, they've got too many holes. That they have to yeah, fill. so they added some pitchers, but they added older. They'll make a run. I I'd mean, like I, to say I would love to see the Cardinals or not the Cardinals, the Cubs, because I love Craig Council. Yeah. But I'm I'm going Cincinnati. I think the, the Reds just played really well late last year. I think the Reds could take it. And then the the West. The West is hands down what it's gonna be, what it always is. It's the Dodgers. Yep. And that's what I have. Especially yeah. now. I'm not going to ask you to pick your three wild card teams, but give me your World Series matchup. Texas and who? My World Series matchup is probably Texas Dodgers. Said to me. I just think the evil empire is going to spend so much money. They I think somebody. So much money. I think somebody on the Dodgers is going to get hurt. Um, probably but and their pitching is is a little suspect it so is but they, they I, uh, but they're in an incredibly weak division yeah but man arizona arizona's the only one i don't, that's gonna, I don't Ari- think they were a fluke arizona's their only competition it but is. the only iffy thing with arizona's pitching so i've got atlanta in the super bowl and uh super bowl Excuse me, the world. So you going for the Falcons? Yeah, I'm going for the Falcons. So I've got Atlanta, and then um, controversial pick. I'm going to go Baltimore. In the in the World Series, Jacob the Jacob the Grom's coming back. He's going to have a Cy Young year. Every year he comes off of every year he comes off of Tommy John surgery. He has a Cy Young year. 
So what, he's got four Cy Youngs? <laughs> no, well, he didn't get it the first one. The first Tommy John okay. surgery, he didn't get it, but he went. He he's got two Cy Youngs. So I, you know, would it hurt my feelings if, if the Rangers made it again? No, because they're a fun team to watch, man. But uh, to repeat is so hard. It is. Um, and you know, Baltimore got a taste of it last year, and I just think they're going to be hungry. I just think I think the American League's up for grabs because I, I while the Astros will make a run. I mean, the Astros are old. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're an old team, and and they you know they've got the experience, but like the Rangers, they've got it. They're they're a young team. Their pitching staff is just going to be better next year than what they had this year, or it should be anyway. They they'll have you know, and think about it. Like even if one guy goes down, you know, they're they're talking John Gray from the middle, but John Gray can start. Like I have no oh, problem absolutely. with John Gray being a spot starter or even a you know a fourth or fifth starter. I think, Tampa, I think Tampa takes the biggest step back um, out of anybody. But I think I my think favorite thing I read is that the A's are going to play. The A's are probably going to play in Salt Lake. So the, I heard I heard homeless that, years. I heard that um, Vegas doesn't want them. The mayor said why she, the mayor of Las Vegas said I don't understand why they're coming here and then backpedaled on it but then doubled down on what she said by backpedaling yeah, it's be, it's beautiful it's beautiful so all that being said my friends thanks for joining this uh this draft if you will uh hit us up on social media let us know who wins the seven game series team Andy or team Chad also, let us know. Um, let us know your team. Uh, there's there's one listener uh, in particular in Terre Haute that I think will will chime in quite a bit. Uh, DJ, you know who you are. Um, coached baseball with him for many years. Um, so he and he's a he's an avid Reds fan. So that's you know we'll see what he thinks is going on. And then um, so yeah, let us let us know what you think, uh, Chad. What's our what's our handles? Yeah, so first, uh, don't forget to check out the the blacksmith merchandise at Sankagano Armory at uh, sankaganoarmory.etsy.com. You can hit them up on uh, both uh, Twitter and, and TikTok at Sankagano. They are on Instagram at Saint underscore Galgano underscore Armory. You can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at hillhipsterpod, and, or you can email us hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. Excellent, excellent. So yeah, um, so for those that celebrate, happy pitchers and catchers reporting. Um, man, I will be I will be going to spring training in March. I'm so jealous. Men, listen, Valentine's Day. It's today. So if you're listening to this on Valentine's Day, it's too late. Um, well, it will be too late. That's what, it that's what I'm saying. It's it's too late. <laughs> but hopefully beforehand, you you thought about it and well, you maybe hit you up. downloaded in the morning. And you yeah. got time to be one of those, what, my but, favorite. But with shipping, it's going to be too late. But hopefully no. you listen to before. No, shut up and listen to where I'm going with this. I'm going to tell you something fun to do on Valentine's Day. Well, you can tell me that after I tell you this. But maybe you listen to a previous podcast and you hit up St. Gagano for one oh, of those awesome, oh, look at awesome you. forged roses. The business. Getting that business in. Don't interrupt me again when I'm conducting business, sir.
And if you didn't get one of those Forge Roaches, you could do what my Valentine's Day, my favorite Valentine's Day pastime is, watching the dudes at Kroger at 5 o'clock on Valentine's Day, losing their minds, picking through the last batches of roses. Fun story. Been there, done that. Oh, uh, you know, or... Pretend, you know, if you if you're working late shift, if you if, you know if you're a second or third shift worker, you just go to Kroger. It's the day after, and you get it for sixty five percent off. That's right. So it's, doctor, it's okay, wife, dear. Doctor, you, my my wife's probably already got her Valentine's Day presents by the time this drops. So I, I've I've already gotten some. My I have so many things I want to say. Uh, so my wife loves the Reese's or the Reese's hearts. So that's that's happening. That's happening in this house. I guess I good, could let it go. The good thing about those is don't let it go early. Doctor yeah. wife knows that like she doesn't have to eat them all real quick because I hate peanut butter. Ah, so there's, that's right. There's no chance of me stealing her candy because you hate America. Sure, we'll go with that. Um. Yeah, I think by the time this drops, my wife would have had them already. So I, I. I had to, uh, she loves pigs and I found, uh, I found pink, pink and red gummy pigs candy that she could have. That's phenomenal. So that took a while to find it, but I found it. I, I got, I got a source and she's getting pig socks. That's phenomenal. She got pig socks for Christmas too, but now she's getting pig socks for Valentine's Day. Look at you as a repeat gift giver. No, different socks. Okay. 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 I haven't socks. bought so I haven't bought Valentine's Day yet. Uh, you better so hustle. That's sorry. So yeah, hit hit us up on social media. Let us know. Um, you know, men, tell your wives you love them. You should do that anyway. Tell your wives you love them and mean it. Um, Amen. I'm just gonna leave that there. And so to to recap, if you know, you're doing something, always allow God to punch you in the gut. Amen. Sometimes, sometimes you need to hear it. That's my final word. I got to go get the kids. I got to go to Costco. <laughs> Later, guys. If not a Christian nation, whose nation? Who? Where's the record button to stop it? Stop it.